the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. The main thought of these two verses is that what the Macedonians gave, they gave voluntarily. Without any fixed amount or percentage placed upon them, no human pressure imposed on them. These are the specifics of how we give when our hearts and lives are governed by grace. The two verses referred to are 2 Corinthians 8, verses 3 and 4, which say this about the churches in Macedonia. For I testify that according to their ability and beyond their ability, they gave of their own accord, begging us with much urging for the favor of participation in the support of the saints. This giving without human pressure is of paramount importance because there's no grace demonstrated in giving under pressure, nor is there any blessing for the giver. If we want God to bless our giving, it needs to come from us. Hi, welcome to Verse by Verse with Pastor Steve Kreloff of Lakeside Community Chapel in Clearwater, Florida. As Pastor Steve teaches verse by verse, he eventually comes to passages that can be a little uncomfortable. No one likes to talk about giving except the con artists who want your money. But we can't skip 2 Corinthians 8 and 9 just because the passage makes us uncomfortable. The Bible has a lot to say about money, so we should pay attention. In Philippians 4, Paul thanked that financially impoverished Macedonian church for their generosity. He said in verses 17 and 18, Not that I seek the gift itself, but I seek for the profit which increases to your account. But I have received everything in full and have an abundance. I am amply supplied, having received from Epaphroditus what you have sent, a fragrant aroma, an acceptable sacrifice, well-pleasing to God. And then he made a wonderful promise. Let's let Pastor Steve continue. Now, here's the point. Watch this. Having said all of this, thanking the Philippians for being generous with him and sensitive and thoughtful, and, and though they were poor, they gave. He says to them, and my God will supply all of your needs. Now, folks, what this is, this is not a promise to every Christian. This is a promise to generous Christians. This is a promise to those who give to meet the needs of others. God will take care of your needs. Not luxuries, by the way. He he can do that, but he's only promised to meet our needs. This is a promise limited to generous Christians. And the principle says, if you supply the needs of others, then God will meet your needs. This is basically the same thing Jesus taught in Matthew 6, 33. Seek first the kingdom of God and his righteousness. And what? All of these things will be given to you. He said that to a people who were very worried. It's the context. But I think perhaps the most graphic description of all of this is Luke chapter 6, verse 38. I think this is a verse that has been misused by those who preach the prosperity gospel. But it, uh, though they have misused it, we don't want to neglect it and ignore it. I think they have taught that if you give, God will just make you a wealthy person. That's not what this is, is saying. Luke chapter 6, verse 38, give and it will be given to you. 
They will pour into your lap a good measure, pressed down, shaken together, and running over. For by your standard of measure, it will be be measured to you in return. This goes back to ancient times in which when you went to a marketplace, you had a long flowing robe on. And uh, if you were a generous person, God is saying that he will give to you to the point that you'll have to take your, your garment and keep it out like this as you make a pocket. And into that pocket, grain will, will overflow because God will be generous to you if you've been generous to others. That's, that's what he's saying. That's the whole point. I read this week about a man who put it this way, said, I shovel out and God shovels in and God has a bigger shovel. You know, this is a wonderful truth. A number of years ago, Michelle and I were going through a difficult time financially, and and I thought of all kinds of things we can cut back on, and all all sorts of things go through your mind. There were a lot of expenses at that time, and um, I remember reading Philippians 4, this passage that we just looked at, and I thought, you know what? I'm going to go against my natural fleshly tendencies to cut back, and I said, Michelle, what we're going to do is in addition to our regular offerings, we're going to look for those who are hurting, those who are really hurting. Maybe someone's lost their job. Maybe someone's had a huge expense. And we're going to, we're going to give to them very quietly and privately, and we're going to do that. And it wasn't much that we gave, but I, I should have written it all down because every time I gave a little extra, God gave me much more back. I mean, it was, it was to the point where, honestly, I was laughing about it. I almost made it a game. I thought, well, it shouldn't be a game. But I'm telling you, the Lord's shovel is big. And he was so kind and so gracious. And that's exactly what Paul is teaching. If you are sensitive to be generous with others, who will take care of you? God will take care of you. Trust the Lord and be generous. This is very important because uh, perhaps some of you have not had your needs met, and maybe you're really struggling financially, and it could be because you haven't been generous with others. It may not be that. It may be just a trial you're going through. It may be that you've mismanaged your money, but it could be because you haven't been generous with others, and God is disciplining you for that. Second Corinthians 9, 6 addresses this. Paul says, now this I say, he who sows sparingly will also reap sparingly. He who sows bountifully will also reap bountifully. If you're generous with others, God will be generous with you. Now, we want to keep in mind that we don't want to give with the ulterior motive of getting anything from God. God is no man's debtor. We don't give to get to to hoard it and spend it on ourselves. But the truth of Scripture is this, that God meets the needs of those who are generous with others, and God is generous with those who are generous. So if you're having a difficult time financially, don't, don't rationalize away being generous. Don't, don't do that. Instead, be generous and trust the Lord to meet your needs. There is a third key truth about generosity, and it's this. Generous giving is always, always done with an attitude of pure joy. Always with joy. Not a resentment. Not, not an annoyance. Well, I guess I have to give. It's, uh, well, it's what Paul said. God loves a cheerful giver. We're to give joyously. Joyously because we have been instruments to meet the needs of others. That's a, that's a pure joy. And I think there's a great danger that we have. And I want to warn you about this. Too often our giving stems from a cold calculation of financial facts. Now, look, here's how, here's how much money I make, and here's what I've budgeted for, and it's just very matter-of-fact. 
Now, certainly we should try to live within our budget. That's, that's a given. But our giving should be far more than a financial decision and a transaction. It should be something, folks, we do with joy and something we do with, with warm-hearted delight. In fact, one of the highlights of the week should be the offering because it's a time of worship. It's a time of, of joy. You ought to have joy as you put your offering in the plate. In fact, Jesus called this, what, a blessed event. He said in Acts 20, 35, it is more blessed to give than to receive. It's a blessing to do that. So it ought to be with joy, not resentment. So what we've done is we've looked at two characteristics of a generous church. One, their, their, their giving is motivated by grace. Two, their giving rises above their circumstances. The third characteristic, and we'll just begin to deal with this this morning, is this. Their giving is free from any human pressure. Well, that is wonderful truth. It's free from human pressure. Notice verses 3 and 4. For I testify that according to their ability and beyond their ability, they gave of their own accord, begging us with much urging for the favor of participation in the support of the saints. With these wonderful words, Paul spells out how the Macedonians, poor as they were, how they were able to respond to the needs of the other poor believers in Jerusalem. And the main, you know what the main thought of this is? The main thought of these two verses is that what the Macedonians gave, they gave voluntarily. Without any fixed amount or percentage placed upon them, no human pressure imposed on them, these are the specifics of how we give when our hearts and lives are governed by grace. Now watch this closely. because. Their giving presents to us divine principles to guide us in determining how much should we give? What is, what is enough? You see, this is important because when Christians think about giving, usually all they think about is the tithe, which means 10%. But I want you to know that is not the case. That is an Old Testament truth. That is not a New Testament truth. And even then, people think, well, but, but it's in the Bible. It's in the Old Testament. They don't understand it. The tithe was not 10%. It was closer to 30%. The tithe, there were actually three tithes that they gave, not just one. You add a tithe for the upkeep of the temple, tithe for religious festivals, and you add a tithe every few years for the poor. That comes out to about 28% a year, not 10%. You'd never see a command in the New Testament about tithing. We'll talk about that in a few moments, but I want you to, to notice some things about divine principles in guiding us about being governed by grace and how much to give. First, Paul tells us that the Macedonians gave according to their ability. And what does that mean? It means that they, they gave what they could afford to give. That's all it means. They gave what they could afford to give. In other words, they gave within their means. Poor as they might be, they had something, and what they had, they gave. Now, this may seem rather obvious to us, but it's not. This is an important truth. And the principles is the New Testament always teaches giving in proportion to how much money you make. Proportionate giving. If you make a small amount, then give a small amount. You make a larger amount, then give a larger amount. It's always in proportion. Contrary to what some people believe. The New Testament, as I said, does not give. You will find no place where it gives a fixed percentage of giving. 
It teaches giving in proportion to how God has prospered you. Let me show you again, 1 Corinthians 16. Paul says precisely this point, 1 Corinthians 16, verse 2. On the first day of every week, each one of you is to put aside and save what? As he may prosper. Now, if there was any place Paul, if he was going to teach tithing, would teach it, it's right here. Put aside 10% of your income. We didn't say that. He said, based on how God has prospered you. If he's prospered you a lot, give more. If he's prospered you less, then give less. It's all proportionate. Now, I know that many were raised to think of the tithe, but let me tell you what the tithe really was. As I told you, it was closer to 30% for one thing. A tithe was not a love offering. The Old Testament Jewish person had that. First fruits were love offerings, spontaneous giving, love offering. But the tithe was really a form of taxation. It was a form of taxation. The people, the Jewish people, were taxed for living under a government ruled by religious beliefs and practices. You know what the closest thing we have to a tithe today? Pay your taxes. Pay your taxes. Romans 13, pay our taxes for government services rendered. That's why Paul calls them ministers of God. That's the closest thing. You, you want to tithe? Pay you, the government. Because under the Old Testament law, the government was in charge of religious beliefs as well as every uh, religious practices as well as society's practices. So you can determine how much to give based on how much income you make. Now, the exact percentage, you know what? It's left up to you. God is not teaching us by legalism. Legalism would give you a fixed rate and you don't have to think about it. It's all thought out for you. That's not the way we, we do it. It's not the way the Bible teaches. Look at 2 Corinthians 9, verse 7. Each one must do just as he has purposed in his heart, not grudgingly or under compulsion, for God loves a cheerful giver. You decide how much to give. You pray about it and go with whatever desire God puts on your heart. That's how you decide. Don't look for a percentage that you're, you're going to find in the Bible. God says you decide as you purposed in your, your heart. Now, I want to be careful at this point, and I, I want to warn you about something. It's something that, you know what, many churches do this. Uh, you might have been raised in a church like this, but I want to warn you about a concept of giving called the faith promise pledge. I think a faith promise pledge, I, I think, is a manipulative technique, quite frankly. I don't think it's in the Bible. Now, I'm not talking about a pledge. A pledge is okay. A pledge simply means this is what you plan to give. But a faith promise pledge, you know what that says? It says that you don't have the money now, but you're trusting God down the road to give you this money, and you're promising that based on what you think God is going to give you, you're going to give. You're not going to find that in the Word of God. In fact, this passage of Scripture teaches just the opposite. When Paul says the Corinthians gave according to their ability, he means they gave based on what they had, not based on what they didn't have. I think it sounds very spiritual to say, I'm trusting God for this, but you know what? You have no basis to do that. That's presuming on God. Give based on what you have, not based on what you'd like to have or you think you're going to have. In fact, notice Verse 12 says the same thing of this in this chapter. For if the readiness is present, it is acceptable according to what a person has, not according to what he does not have. Don't promise to give something based on what you don't have. 
Give based on what you have. So I think that's very dangerous. I think pastors do this. Quite frankly, I, I think it's a, a scheming device to raise funds. I don't, I don't see that in Scripture. I think it's very dangerous. So make sure your giving is based on what you can afford, not on what you would like to have down the road. Secondly, the Corinthians gave, notice this in verse 3, not only according to their ability, Paul says, but beyond their ability. Now, this isn't a contradiction. What does he mean by that? He's just saying that the Macedonians gave above and beyond the normal expectations of giving in the sense that their giving was extremely sacrificial. In other words, they gave beyond normal expectations because they gave way over what anyone could have anticipated given their dire situation. You know what this teaches us? It teaches us that our giving, yes, our giving is based on what we can afford, but within that circle of what we can afford, our giving should be sacrificial. What you give, what I give should cost us something. It should cost you something. It certainly doesn't mean that you uh, you give to the point of neglecting your family. Make sure their needs are taken care of. It certainly doesn't mean you you give and neglect the payment of your bills. That would be a horrible testimony. Well, I'm giving to the Lord, so I can't give the uh, utility companies. That would be a terrible testimony. But what this does mean is that your, your giving should take you out of your comfort zone. It should take you out of your comfort zone so that it should cause some deprivation on your part. It should. There is an aspect to our giving that should cause us to give up something that we would like for ourselves so that we give in order to be generous with the Lord. What I like to think of when we give our offering, Michelle and I give our offering, I like to think as I'm making out the check of all the things I could have used this for for myself. It's just a good reminder to me. And then I say something like, but Lord, it is a privilege to give this to you. I can go without. It's all right. I give this to you. That's just a good reminder because I'm so self-centered and and selfish. I have to keep reminding myself of that. And that's what makes giving a joy. You give to the point that it costs you something. You're out of your comfort zone. Now, we want to be careful at this point because there have been some Christians who have given so much, they've given basically their life savings. That's not the same thing. Usually people like that give and give because some spiritual leader put a great amount of pressure on them to give to his cause. These people gave so much because they felt coerced into giving. They felt pressured into it by some leader with a a salesman approach and a charismatic personality, and yes, they had to give. But those who give generously from the heart, motivated by grace, Don't give out of human coercion or obligation. The Macedonians did not give this way. Verse 4, look at verse 4. Paul said they begged us for the opportunity to give. Could you imagine that? Could you imagine a church coming to its pastor and saying, please, pastor, we want to give so much more? It's usually just the opposite. You get a sob story from a pastor how, how you have to give. Here they just reversed it. Paul said, I wasn't even going to ask them. They're so poor, we should be giving to them. But they pleaded, can't we help? Now, folks, that's that's grace giving. That's the way it's supposed to be. Be very careful about human coercion. Anybody's trying to put pressure on you, don't give to, to an organization like that. That's, that's a horrible thing. I remember, in fact, years ago, Oral Roberts doing this thing. I think it was like, he said something like this. Uh, the Lord told me, you know, that's a problem right away. You hear that. Because the Lord's not telling him this. 
Lord told me that if I don't raise $10 million for whatever project he had, the Lord's going to take my life. And I, I've told you this. My first response was, Lord, take it. Take his life. <laughs> Lying like that. It's just a lie. I don't know. Is he still alive? I don't know. Maybe my prayers were, I don't know. But, but <laughs> discipline him for, for, for saying that. Could you imagine? I mean, we can't imagine because that became a, a popular thing in newspapers and stuff like that. But see, the way the Macedonians gave, that's the way we're supposed to give. Not some pastor pleading with you to give and giving you a guilt trip about it. You want to give. When grace governs your heart, you want to give. You don't feel guilty or obligated to give. You just want to give. In fact, you just want to give more and more. That's how grace operates. See, the issue always boils down to your spiritual heart, your condition. Where are you in your walk with Christ? That's, that's the question. Are you growing in him? Are you repenting of, of your sin? Are you submitting to God's word, letting the Bible control your life? making sure that true spirituality, not external stuff from outside, but true spirituality is taking place inside. This morning, we have the opportunity to examine our hearts as we observe the Lord's Supper because, you know what? If the Macedonians were a great human example of giving, then the perfect example of generosity is the Lord Jesus Christ, who gave, as Paul said, though he was rich, yet he became poor, that we who are poor might be made rich. Christ has given everything in giving his life for us. And as we go to the Lord now and our leaders come to lead us in the observance of the Lord's Supper, I want, I want you to allow the Lord to examine your heart. Are you generous? I'm not, I don't mean just with money. Are you generous in your time? Are you generous in giving? Is this part of your life submitted to his lordship? Money is such an important aspect of our lives. As I told you last week, as a friend said to me, when I was converted, my checkbook was converted too. I'm, I'm, not, I'm not giving these messages to try to raise funds for anything. I just want you to be well taught, to give and be generous as God has given to us. This is a time we remember Christ and what he's done for us and how generous he's been with us. Father, thank you for your word. Thank you that your word is so specific. Lord, it deals with us where we are. Money is such a paramount issue in our lives that I pray that these truths would liberate us to be generous in our giving because you've been so generous with us. I pray that as each one examines their hearts before you, it'll be true, godly examination as the Spirit of God searches our hearts, Lord, change us, transform us from stingy people to generous people. Lord, how far... I know I have to go, and I pray for all of us. The grace of God will operate and transform us like that. We pray this in Jesus' name. Amen. While we are not joining the folks at Lakeside Community Chapel right now in communion, it's still a good thing for us to examine our hearts to be sure that we are repenting of sin consistently and constantly checking to be sure that all we have and all we are is fully God's. And if you've never trusted Christ for your salvation and entered into a personal relationship with Him as your King, I hope you'll do that today. I'll have a phone number for you in a moment if you want to talk about it with someone. You've been listening to Verse by Verse. Our teacher is Pastor Steve Kreloff of Lakeside Community Chapel in Clearwater, Florida. Are you looking for a church home in Clearwater? You can find out more about Lakeside at lakesidechapel.com. 
You can also call the church office at 727-441-1714. That's also the number to call if you have questions about salvation, if you'd like to help support Verse by Verse financially, or if you'd like to ask for a free audio CD with the message Pastor Steve just concluded. Message 651, A Generous Church, Part 2. Once again, the phone number is 727-441-1714. By the way, all of our broadcasts are available for free if you'd like to download or stream any of them. They are on the message archive page at versebyverseradio.org. While you're there, we make it very easy and secure to give online if the Lord is leading you to do so. Just click the giving link and go from there. That's versebyverseradio.org. And we do thank you for your prayers and your financial gifts. This is Jerry Peterson. My wife and I are missionaries serving with a faith-based organization. As a result, our paycheck consists only of what is given by our supporters, and the mission requires us to find those supporters. But we partly pass that job off on the Lord. We do occasionally travel and visit churches and groups to share about our ministry, but never directly say, will you give? That's contrary to the way some mission agencies operate, but it works. We share the opportunity to participate, and the Holy Spirit speaks to people who obey Him rather than us. They give by grace, and that should always be our motive. Join us for the next Verse by Verse. Pastor Steve will have more about giving by grace. We are here to give you strength between... Three-star general, Michael J. Flynn, head of the Pentagon Intelligence Agency, knew all the government's dirty secrets. He was one of the most respected generals in the military. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He understood its funding. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. The explosive new documentary, Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost, and covers the facts behind this scandal. Flynn told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for donald trump to hire i find out the worst enemy that i'm going to face in my life is right here in america they took my assessment and they wanted me to change it i was like i'm not changing it they had to get rid of flint with in-depth interviews archival footage and never before seen personal record to the man behind the headlines i just felt like i was drowning flynn deliver the truth whatever the cost available now watch it today go to salemnow.com salemnow.com